0: The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries.
1: Hi again everybody and welcome to this week's episode It is our 54th overall. Or, if you're into seasons, second episode of season two. Quite haven't figured out how all of that works out in the world of television, especially, because back in the day, when TV first got ramped up, they ran schedules that mirrored that of the old-time radio shows. A, A season was 39 weeks and it began to shrink, and it began to shrink, and and now you'll have entire quote-unquote seasons that are only eight episodes, depending on what you're watching and what your streaming platform is. But you know what? We just do what we do here. We're happy to have you with us. It is great to be here. Dan Scott Show is presented each and every week by our 501c3 nonprofit Grand Slam Ministries. And as is always the case, I believe we've got a great show lined up for you today. You have heard from comedian Jeff Allen on our show before. Well, you're going to hear from him again in a brand new interview that we just did last week. I was blessed, along with my wife Angela, to go see Jeff in concert live at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which, by the way, brings in incredible acts in their multi-level facility. And I'm going to tell you more about them a little bit later on. So if you are in the upstate of South Carolina or if you are coming, you're going to want to check their schedule. We'll give you the website and all of that toward the end of the program. But I want to thank Lindsay and Jonathan specifically at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium for setting up what we were able to do with Jeff, getting the interview with him, getting the the tickets and the credentials, and actually got to go backstage before the show and hang out with him for 15 or 20 minutes. Just a, a delightful man. He has his own, as you know, uh, unique worldview on things, especially when it comes to his comedy. But uh, the most prevalent thing in his life is his testimony. And if you have ever heard him give his testimony, you know that Jeff came from being an atheist to now someone who for more than 30 years has been delivered from that lifestyle from drugs and alcohol and, and is a proud proclaimer of what Jesus Christ has done in his life and he's been doing that in his comedy for years now speaking at churches and other things. Well, he has finally written a book, which has allowed him to go into a lot more detail about things, and we're going to talk about that. The book is called Are We There Yet? My Journey from a Messed-Up to a Meaningful Life. Most of the conversation is going to be about why he wrote that book. We'll tell you about where he is touring, where you can catch him later on at the end of the program But i want to get into the interview when we come back because uh, this is jeff allen being even more vulnerable and perhaps if i can uh, still a southern word a little more ornery as well i think you're going to like this interview jeff allen when we come back stay with us
2: is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor An influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of the Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life, or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at GrandSlamMinistries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure The Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at GrandSlamMinistries.org. That's GrandSlamMinistries.org. Like what
0: you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know dan at danscottshow.org. And now, back to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries.
1: Episode 54 of The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. I am Dan. As always, at this time, I try to take just a moment to remind you that you can catch everything that we've done since show number one on our website, danscottshow.org. Navigate to the Affiliates and Archives page, and it's all there. You can also get it wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Dan Scott Show. We are everywhere. You can't really get away from us if you're looking But if you go to the Affiliates and Archives page, there's also some uh, bonus content there with my SoundCloud. Grand Slam Ministries is a page at the Dan Scott Show site, so uh, it's a one-stop shop. You can contact us there. And I mentioned this last week, and it's something that I really want to start hammering home. We want to hear from you on anything, number one, but specifically if something that you have heard on this show has been a blessing to you, has impacted your life in any way? Would you please drop us an email, Dan at danscottshow.org, and let us know. Or you can interact with us on um, Twitter slash X if that's the way you'd like to do it. My personal handle is Dan Scott Show. The Grand Slam Ministries handle is Grand Slam for God. Facebook, uh, the Grand Slam Ministries page is there, my personal and Christian pages are there. Bottom line is, we want to hear from you, want to hear how this show is impacting you. And I know that we have, and, and this, I think I've mentioned this in the past, a, a really unexpected, at least as far as I was concerned, unexpectedly large listening audience internationally. And some of you who may be hearing this type of radio show for the first time, I would be really interested in hearing what some of you have to say about what we are doing here and how this show has impacted you one way or the other. Dan at DanscottShow.org. All right. Now, as I mentioned, Jeff Allen, funny man, has been a professional comedian for four-plus decades and just last week was in Spartanburg, South Carolina at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium doing his Are We There Yet tour which uh, he is still out on the road and will be for an extended time. We'll tell you where you can see him coming up at the end of the program. We got a chance to hang out with him uh, before the show again thanks to Lindsay and Jonathan for making that happen. But he has written a new book called Are We There Yet: My Journey from a messed up to a meaningful life. And as we started the conversation, I asked Jeff, looking back over his life, which he thought would happen first. He would write a book or his life would be subject of a book.
3: (laughs) I didn't be honest with you going back in my life. I never thought much, so, <laughs> which is why I probably got in the trouble. I got in, I just started running on instinct and my instincts weren't very good. So, uh, there's something about what was it? Pain is the, the, the only motivator for change in a human's life. You know, if you, keep doing things and and it's going well why would you change mm-hmm. so um you know anyway and, and then it really became for me my threshold of pain diminished as uh, the longer i was sober uh you know and it's funny because my my wife said something to me we were we were as we were reading the book she goes you know the woman i am today wouldn't even date the man you were and i go well hey <laughs> you know, I don't think I date you either.
1: So
3: <laughs> yeah, it's good that we were able to change together as we
1: uh, as we
3: grew in our marriage. You know.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. We always talk about God's timing being perfect, and we don't always look at it from a standpoint like this. It's obvious that you two were meant to be together. It's just how you got there and what you had to go through to get you where you are now.
3: Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, again, it's it. I don't think either one of us today would put up with the people we were we were years ago. I wouldn't even have me as a friend. You know, it was interesting. One of the um, uh, Tammy read the first two chapters as we were putting the final draft together, and she put it down and goes, "Gosh, we were horrible people," <laughs> you know. And I go, "Yeah, well, that's the you know at least that's a sign of maturity." You know, we can we can look back on who we were and realize that's not who we are, you know. And uh, and God is uh, still working hard on us, uh, you know, to whittle away all that uh, residual um, stuff that, that, that you carry, you know, from your childhood into your adulthood. So, um, and the timing on it was excellent. Tammy pushed me to write that book for 10 years, and I used to come out and tell her you know, I don't know how to write. I'm not a writer. I can't do this. I, you know, and, um, and then I, I changed my, my mantra to it'll happen in God's time. <laughs> you know, So she can argue with God about it. And then as it turned out, that's exactly what it was. I just met somebody from Salem media, um, and, uh, at the NRB, the religious broadcasters convention. They asked me if I had a, uh, anything written down. And of course I lied because that's the, nature of uh, entertainment is if they ask you if you can ride a horse you say sure and then the next day you start taking horse riding lessons you know and uh uh can you write yeah I can write you know so anyway um it was about a almost a year from start to finish to put that together but it was a process of about 10 years of just jotting things down and and uh, uh putting it in files and stuff so the stories were there i just i needed an editor to help me put everything in in order
1: it's interesting you you say that that you you're not a writer you can't write but yet you you write comedy material what did you find was the difference in in writing the book versus writing the material that would ultimately become your stand-up routines
3: well the 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 problem with taking a stand up and then writing a book is that you can, you can embell, uh, not embellish, but broaden it. And, you know, it's comedy is about brevity. It's just getting to the point, you know? Um, and I, I tell comics all the time, you know, that the longer the setup, the stronger the punchline has to be. I mean, if people are going to invest a minute or two into your setup, you you better have a payoff that they didn't see coming, you know? And, uh in and, and in a book um you know you you want to you can take your time to express um uh the what you want. To, I'm sorry my dog is like going nuts that's okay this is a, a recent phenomenon anytime a truck drives by the dog goes insane uh because uh ups gave him a biscuit one day you know five <laughs> years ago. And now he just thinks that every truck going by is going to give him a biscuit. He goes nuts. And uh, we taught him to get the packages uh, from Amazon. He can pick up all the the, um, the envelopes that they drop over the fence, which is like daily. Tammy just sits on the computer and buys things. <laughs> I think she's more fascinated with how quick they get here and over the fence than... Uh, yeah, we're making a run today to return a bunch of stuff she didn't like. She buys it now and returns it, you know. Um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the, the to the book. I, I was um, going to say, sounds the, like you it sounds the, like you and your dog have a lot in the,
1: common. The squirrel comes and you go off in another direction, right? Exactly. To right? <laughs> spread, the, uh, but you could take more
3: time to um, uh, to flush out stories when you're writing. You know, uh, people invest. Uh, more time you know into that than verbally so um it was it was an interesting thing because initially when i would send stuff to the editor he would send back he goes well elaborate on that you know can you flush that out more and explain it more and so it was um it was it, it was an interesting process to 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 realize that yeah you can you know and um, thank God I had an editor because it would have been a 400-page tomb that nobody wanted to read. <laughs> you
1: know. Well, what did you learn about yourself during the process? Because, you know, we, we've heard your testimony or most people who listen to my show have. And if not, they're going to get a link to the last time you were on so they can hear it in its full detail. But you've obviously gone through a, a lot of changes in your life, you know, thank the Lord that you found Christ when you did all those years ago. But, but during this particular process, what did you learn about yourself?
3: Well, I learned that it's, uh, it's in there, all of that stuff, all of the emotions and everything. Um, it was, uh, you know, there was hard times writing and, and dredging it all up again. You know, um, it, it never really leaves you, which is, it's, it's an important thing to know. Um, as an adult, when you start reacting to situations you know, and you're like, you even step outside of it and go, what the heck is going on? Why am I so upset? Why am I so, you know, defensive or, you know, yeah, it's still in there. You know, the computer really never leaves, um, from your childhood on, on, on up. And, um, but I learned that you're as sick as your secrets. So the, the, the more you get out and, um, and confess, you know, it's, basically christianity 101 you know repent confess your sins to one another you know and um so that's what i learned that uh i i one, i have a very low threshold for pain anymore i can't sit in the discomfort like i used to and uh two is um that there's healing in confession so uh and we did we shared warts and all in that book but that's what matter of but, fact, we were on, we were just on a cruise with Governor Huckabee, and uh, uh I sold, I don't know, you know, some half, you know, 50 copies or whatever the book, um, and uh, uh, people were reading it while we were on the cruise and women were coming by and going, I'm, I'm reading your book and I don't like you very much right now. I hope that changes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then they'd seek me out later on in a week and go, I, I finished. You're, you're an okay, guy. You really are. <laughs>
1: You just have to hope people don't stop reading after about chapter three well, or four. Well, that's what right? I tell audiences.
3: you, you got to get through the first six chapters uh, without killing yourself. Then it's an uplifting tale. <laughs>
1: you know, so. We are visiting with uh, Jeff Allen, who is back out on tour. His book is called Are We There Yet? My Journey from a Messed Up to a Meaningful Life. And that's what we are talking about now. It's available wherever books are sold, or you can get it at jeffallancomedy.com. I saw an interview, I read an interview that you did back in November before you were getting ready to speak at a church, I believe in Minnesota, and you were talking about the, the impact you thought this book would have on millennials because you think they are asking themselves a lot of questions now that you asked yourself when you were on your search that ultimately led you to christ how did how did you find that maybe this was gearing toward that audience
3: well i was that age when i went through all that when when tammy and i went through all that i was 30 to 40 that decade of my 30s and that's kind of what millennials my my son is a millennial he's 40 and um he, he even we were talking over christmas you know um you know, he's looking at the next 15, 20 years of his life. And he's in HVAC. He hauls heavy machinery around. And he goes, I just can't do this, you know, for, you know, I go ahead and tell me about it. You know, my, my brother and father were in construction and by the time they were in their forties, you know, they had to start rethinking, you know, what the next 20 years look like, you know, and, and I was in that 30 to 40 year old thing, looking at a wife and two kids and a, and. <clears throat> and thinking, Am I doing this the next twenty years, you know, and being gone two hundred days a year and all of that and um you know, and, and is this it? Is this all there is to life? And um yeah, it was uh it was a hard time, um and a, a lot of apathy. Um, you know, you just kinda shut down and shuffle through and uh so yeah, I hoped that um you know people in that you know, at that point, you know, they've had, you know, ten years out of college now, twelve years out of college. And they've got the wife, the kids or whatever, and they or they've got the job they wanted and, and they're looking and going, Is this it for the next thirty years? You know, and I wanted them to know that there's you know, with that relationship with Christ, uh just knowing that you were designed and created by a, by an independent being beings for a purpose and a point and really my conclusions, these are my conclusions is that we're wired for two things, basically worship and service. So you're going to worship something. So, you know, and that's where the five questions at the end of the book came, you know, what, um, what defines you? What do you value? What are your expectations? Um, what voices do you listen to? I mean, what are you pouring into your heart and soul? And then, uh, where does your hope lie? And, um, those are, you know, to me, those are questions that, that I had to ask and answer repeatedly. Uh, and those get shifted around. Certainly, the, what defines me gets shifted around. Um, you know, if, if I'm honest, um, a, a lot of what I do in my career defines me. And um, that's, a, that's just a recipe for disaster because that's always in flux. Uh, You know, you hear successful actors and actresses, you know, that have won Academy Awards talk about how they would sit at home and just tell their agents, why the phone's not ringing? Why am I, you know, nobody likes me anymore? Nobody, you know, they don't want me anymore. You know, I mean, that's, it's, you know, so what defines me is what my goal is, what defines me is I'm a child of Christ, first and foremost. Then I'm a husband to Tammy, I'm a father to Aaron and Ryan, and then grandfather to. Those four children, those grand grandchildren. Then my career comes in, and then maybe my golf game, which is important <laughs> to, to me. And it, you know, it sounds odd, but I wrote—I think I wrote a chapter about my golf addiction, and uh, that was defining me for years. You know, that number I shot on that on the on the golf course. You know, and it, it, in hindsight, I look at it so childish, you know, and ridiculous. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that think they could. You know, work in their garage and pound a ball against a you know a launch monitor, and then become a tour pro. I mean, it's you know, um, <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it's and, naive and childish. And, and yet, and yet, God used that addiction, if you want to call it that, to get you. As we've discussed, when you shared your testimony yeah, here, He used right. He used that addiction. To get you ultimately where you are now by putting you in the company of the one person who could break through all of the BS that you kept putting up.
3: Right. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I, it's why I have a an affinity towards sports ministries. You know, is that I, I wouldn't have stepped into a church to get saved, but God met me right where I was at with a with a disciple um, on the golf course and uh, in those hours that you play, you have conversations, and our conversations uh, all revolved around, you know, um, life coaching, basically, mm-hmm. you know, I, I needed to know how to make money, I couldn't, I couldn't make money, I couldn't save money, you know, it was interesting, uh, one of the things that he said to me that um, I just remembered, uh, while I was writing the book, was, um, he said, uh, I'll give you one financial tip that should really help you out. Never buy anything on credit that depreciates in value because you know, that'll eliminate ninety-nine percent of your credit purchases. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I'd like to tell you that I've i I've I've, I've, I've heated that my whole life, but uh, it, it's always in the back of my head going, This really is just uh, it's it's garbage. Basically it's gonna wind up in the landfill. And that's the conversation I have before I purchase anything. This is going to the landfill. So do you really need it? Do you really, you know, and uh, at least I'm not naive anymore. I know I'm buying trash. That's what I'm buying. So
1: we are visiting with Jeff Allen on this week's edition of the Dan Scott show back to that conversation about millennials. Uh, They find themselves, I think, asking the questions you were talking about and and not just millennials, I, I think many people are doing it these days uh, because of, of where culture and society are taking us. But many people are coming back to that frustrating point that you came to when you first opened up that tape of Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities, all is vanities, life is meaningless. People are searching for a meaning in their life, Jeff, and they're not finding it in what the world has to offer.
3: Right well there's a reason it's not meant to mm-hmm. um you know i think pascal described it as a god shaped hole you know inside of a man where we always are seeking again it comes back to two things worship and service um, and you're going to worship something and you're going to serve something so um you know it was interesting I, when i first got into recovery a sponsor gave me some trash bags And he said, when you feel like you want to drink again, or you're you're going to go home and argue or fight with your wife, you know, um, go out and pick up some trash off the, you know, go to a mini mart and pick clean up their parking lot. Then I go, why would I do that? And he said, "Uh, just trust me, do what I tell you, you know, it'll help your sobriety. And I had those bags on my car seat for quite a while. You know, I kept looking at it. And then one day I was driving home, and I was, I knew I was going to give it a just tear into everybody at the house i was just angry you know so i pulled into a 7 and started picking up trash and uh <laughs> and he said here's the hard part don't let anybody see what you're doing because your pride will kick in and you'll start feeling good about yourself and that's not the point of the exercise the point of the exercise is to serve people without any expectation of a return and um that was the beginning of understanding even tithing and why we tithe and why we give away our resources and to to understand who the the author of your life is um and it's not you um and then the bible gives us a blueprint on what that looks like uh certainly through the life of jesus and um uh, as far as that service and worship and sacrifice goes so Anyway, that's uh, I, I think that if you if materialism is your goal, um, you're, you'll never have enough. Um, and um, if uh, if love is your goal, then um, that is something that just it just keeps feeding itself, and you never get exhausted from it. And uh, again, that comes out in the form of service of, of others.
1: Well, as I have shared with our audience here years ago, I was chasing materialism. I was chasing money. And uh, when God took everything that I had away from me, it was amazing what I learned that I could live without. Right. And, and, and that is one of the ways that that he refocused me. You know, it, It's a daily struggle. It, 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 yes, is. it is. But I hope and pray that people who are listening to this they they wake up a bit and they don't have to go through some of that stuff because it was horrible, horribly painful for me and my family. But God got his point across. And, and as you know, Jeff, he's going to get his point across to those people who right. wants it one way or the other.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, C.S. Lewis said suffering is God's megaphone, you mm-hmm. know, um, and a uh, pain is, you, you can't get away from the pain, but the suffering, um, you can avoid, you know, um, and again, it's just a matter of taking some time, uh, shutting off all the noise around you, and getting quiet and thinking, and letting God whisper to you. Well, you know, I've always said to audiences, God never shouts, and um, He'll will quietly nudge you along. You know, do better tomorrow. You know, I, I messed up today. You know, again, that's where the repentance comes in. You just go, I'm sorry. You know, God, I, you know. I, I'm still not there yet. And that's kind of the title of the book. Are we there yet? You know, am I there? 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 No, you're not. You're never going to be there. Um, but the, uh, the destination for me is, is, is heaven. And, uh, when I get there, you know, I, I'll have some questions. I hope he lets me ask, you know, um, you know, as you, as you get older, you, you start seeing things and, you wonder why, you know, like certainly dementia or Alzheimer's, and you know why that, you know, why, why, why is that part of the uh, the equation, you know, and why take the memories,
1: right? You know, visiting uh, visiting with Jeff Allen on this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. Let's shift gears a little bit here in in our last few minutes. Um, given everything that you've been through. Personally and professionally, spiritually, how has time and perspective now changed the way you go about doing comedy?
3: Oh gosh, um, I, you know, I I get asked a lot when I'm doing like I'm going to Spartanburg and the show, you know, and they ask what kind of what can the audience expect, and I hope they expect to laugh. Um, I, want to find the joke, you know, I heard this years ago, but I think it's true when you get to heaven, God will ask you one question when you, when you're, while you were on earth, did you get the joke? You know, uh, (laughs) there's so many healing benefits to laughter and that's really, you know, my goal now is to just, I, I, I'd hate to think that the best comedy I've ever written is already been written. I hope I have some really good stuff going forward. And, uh, I, you know, I look at what I do as a nice distraction. You know, I have people come to me after shows and they go, gosh, it was so good. I haven't laughed that hard in so long, you know, and, you know, let's face it, man. We got a news, uh, cycle. It's 24 seven. And the paradigm is if it bleeds, it leads. And if you're going to pump all that into your soul day in and day out, um, you're going to really leave with a, a bad taste in your mouth about humanity. Uh, I am fortunate and blessed enough to do fundraisers for the people that will never be on your radar. They're out there doing the yeoman's work for God. I mean, they are uh, getting involved in the messy lives of the drugs and addictions and uh, and uh, trafficking. and uh, It's just, it warms my heart to know that God is working. He's, he's out there and I see it. So I, you know, that's kind of the, the message that I, if I have a message, that's the message that, you know, hold your head up, you know, God's in control. And, um, you know, we read the book, man, we know who wins. Yeah. you know. So I just, uh, and I just want to find the joke. That's, that's it. I, you know, I, I try to avoid politics. Um, and, um, you know, even the, the religious stuff I talk about is just personal. You know, um, I, I'll take, three or four minutes at the end of my show and share the book, uh, about, you know, the struggles we went through a bit and, um, they can read about it in the book now. So that was the nice thing about coming up with the book. Now I don't have to do an elongated version of, of the story. The story's there. If you, if you want to, you know, read it, it's there. Yeah. But you still and, get, uh, you
1: still get asked to go to churches and, and speak. Yeah. And, and, and that that's part of the reason you're brought there is, is to share that. I mean, in that setting, you can't just say, well, here's the book.
3: Right? No, not at all. Not at all. No. And, uh, and, and again, in the churches, I, I still want to make them laugh, right. you know? Um, and, uh, again, there's so many healing benefits to it, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just don't take myself as seriously as I, you know, I think the older I get, uh, the, the more I, I just kind of look at myself as, and then the folly, of all my mistakes and I, I, I don't let them weigh me down as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, lighten up and laugh. I think Ken Davis said that lighten up and laugh,
1: man. Oh, well, I, fir- a, I firmly believe that God gave us the gift of laughter and, and you, you referenced it just a moment ago. So as, as a comedian, what makes you laugh? Oh, you know, I, it's,
3: it's, you know, Again, I don't know if you watch the show Fargo. Um, it's a violent, but the characters are so absurd. Um, I just, I get a kick out of characters. I, I just crack me up. Seinfeld, you know, you watch that and uh, those characters, Kramer, all of them, mm-hmm. you know, the idiosyncrasies. And, but truth, truth makes me laugh. Um, and the absurdity of... You know, and, and a well-written joke makes me laugh, and certainly one that I haven't see, I didn't see coming. I'm an easy audience, I really am. My wife's a lot harder than I am. <laughs> um, I used to laugh with, at the Jim Carrey movies with the boys, my kids, and I would just just howl, and she goes, "Gosh, this is like locker room childish. <laughs> it's so sophomoric," and I go. Yeah, and what your problem with sophomoric humor is, what <laughs> well,
1: she's a, she's a tougher audience because she's lived with a comedian for what four decades or so. Close, yeah, close she said it.
3: that to me once. She goes, You know, I resent you for one thing. She goes, You destroyed my,
1: my love of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, honey, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: what has dry bar comedy done for? you and your career and what what you're what you're doing moving forward
3: everything um whatever um yeah everything um they have um they gave me a platform that i i could have never gotten on my own that's for sure and um i was done auditioning for the television networks um i had done my my rounds in New York and LA, and uh, whatever I had, they didn't really want. The problem, I, I in hindsight looking at it, I think I tell stories. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Harry Chapin, the singer. Oh yeah. But um, he had a hard time getting his stuff on AM radio because it, he sang stories. He was a folk singer, basically, and he. I love his, uh, music because it's it's a story from start to finish. And some of you know obviously cats in a cradle I used to I used to sob driving down the road in the middle of nowhere, you know listening. You know, my kids are at home growing up without me <laughs> you know uh, you know so anyway, I think that was probably an issue when, when I would audition. So um, the nice thing about Dry bar was they didn't cut or edit anything, really. They just let me be me. And uh, they introduced me to about eight or nine million people that I would would never even know I existed. And from that, uh, the internet, um, you know, the internet's an interesting animal. It can it can make you overnight almost, and it can destroy you in the same uh, overnight.
1: You know, it's like some animals that eat their young, basically. I think yeah. what it comes down to. So
3: <laughs> yeah, it was like when I started in the churches. Uh, 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 an agent manager that I uh,
1: respected,
3: I uh, managed some really high profile Christian artists. He said to me, he goes, you know, if you work the churches, the, the good news travels slowly, but it travels, you know, it, it'll help you. But bad news, man, one click of the mouse and your career
1: is over.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, these pastors at the mega churches—they just send it out to two and a half million, and that's it. It's over.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, and and yet, I, I I want to go back to something that we talked about uh, on on the the first interview we did a couple of years ago, and then I promise you, we'll wrap this up. But sure. you, you you have talked about in in the transformation of the person that you were to the person that you are now through Christ. Before that, the, the low point for you was was beating your, at that time, I think six-month-old child. And and we I ask you the question then, given the fact that we live in a cancel culture, are you concerned about what may happen if you continue to talk about that? And you told me at the time that your agent said you shouldn't do it. Your wife even said maybe it's time to stop talking yeah. about it. But you were going to continue to do it because that's part – of the story, and you said unfortunately you're not the only person who fell into that that trap. Two years later, are you still talking about it? Are you still telling that part of your story?
3: Yeah, yeah, but it's not at the front and center, right? You know, um, I don't talk much about the bottom, um, and um, uh, I've changed the verbiage maybe to mm-hmm. "laid hands on," spanked, you know, spanking. You know, but um, I don't run from it. It's again, you're sick as your secrets. I'm not trying to keep secrets, you know, and um, it was, uh, gosh, 37 years ago. Yeah. So you ask yourself, at what point do you allow yourself to forgive yourself for the man you were? Had uh, I kept doing that, then, you know, but I didn't. And going forward from that, I was very uh, judicious in when I spanked my children. And I can probably tell you, in all the years I raised those boys, maybe five times I felt the need um, to spank them. And I I remember when I spanked Ryan, he was five, six. He just kept lying. I got so tired of the lying. I said, the next time you lie, I'm going to have to spank you. And he didn't know what it was because he couldn't, you know, he'd never been spanked. So anyway, he lies and I spank him and it broke my heart that he turned around and looked at me. I could still see his face, the, 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 it wasn't like he wasn't crying. It was just like, holy cow, what was that? You know? And I said, don't ever make me do that again, son. Just please tell me the truth. And he came to me and put his arms around me, and he said, "Daddy, you had to do that. I'm okay with it." <laughs> you know, he's like five. Wow. And, I mean, my heart was just—I mean, it just broke. The look on his face. I was, I—you know—I would have felt better if he just reacted the way you react to a spanking. You know, you just start crying and you go, ah, "That hurt." And probably didn't even hurt him. You know, I just smacked him with the—you know—my hand. But I just. Again, uh, somebody said punishment humiliates, discipline educates. You know, I wanted to dis- discipline my children, and so anyway, from that one violation that got me into recovery, um, going forward from then, I was very judicious, yeah. and when I had it out, it was never out of a reaction, never. Um, you know, uh, and, and, like and- my father, my father did it a lot out of just he he yeah. snap and smack you know
1: right and and then god gives us the gift of grandchildren who can do nothing wrong
3: absolutely (laughs) yeah it was funny last summer we had we get them every summer now all four of them for two weeks which is like just amazing and we were 13 days into the 14 days and uh tammy and i you could tell we were just at the edge of our rope they're, they're jacking around, there's a movie on, they're jacking around, poking each other. and scared. Anyway, I paused the movie and I said, children, your Mimi and your Papa are on our last nerve, second to last nerve, you don't want to see us on our last nerve, so how about you just sit and watch the movie and then we'll get some ice cream, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> and again, you look at their faces, they're going, they're sizing you up, you know, they're going, is this serious, is it, you know? And they, fortunately, they, they took me seriously. We sat and watched the movie. And, and speaking of movies, we just watched Back to the Future, the, the, the first one in the uh, E.T. with uh, the nine-year-old and the seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I, when we put them to bed, I looked at Tammy and I said, that's the first two movies that these children have sat through where we didn't have to draw their attention back to the movie that move both movies held their attention the whole movie and um i said it just shows you man good stories are, are timeless
1: you, know? you gotta roll with the classics man you gotta roll with the classics. yeah i mean our, our et was 40 years ago yeah man. no kidding and don't you know you've reached a certain age when you wrap up a conversation like that by talking about grandchildren jeff allen thank you again for your time look forward to seeing how the the book continues to impact people you can catch up with what jeff is doing by going to his website jeffallencomedy.com and i can tell you that he is still out on tour and the upcoming dates depending on where you might be listening to us january the 24th he's in columbus ohio the 25th he's in liberty township ohio and the 26th, he is in St. Mary's, Ohio. And then you can find more dates there as well. Merchandise, the book is available there. Highly recommend that you get a copy of the book, Are We There Yet? from Jeff Allen. Again, that's jeffallencomedy.com. And thank you again to everyone at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium. We'll tell you more about them when we come back. But we will be back to wrap up the show after you hear this.
0: Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways. Through this radio show and its accompanying online, digital, and video components. Through our sister websites, DanscottShow.org and GrandSlamMinistries.org. And through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today you'll not only help with this program and keep it on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. And above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you and God bless.
1: Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is GrandSlamMinistries.org.
0: Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries.
1: Back for the final segment of this week's Dan Scott Show. Again, thanks to Jeff Allen for just being Jeff Allen, just an incredibly funny guy, but Sharing his testimony and his life story in his new book, Are We There Yet? JeffAllenComedy.com to get a copy of the book uh, to see where he's going to be out on the road. If you haven't seen him in person, you need to. That's the first time I had seen him in person. He did 90 minutes of just drop-dead funny comedy, and I I think you'll really— really enjoy it. But uh, beyond that, the most important thing is he continues to share the radical change that Jesus made in his life all of those years ago. So you can find out more about all of that at jeffallencomedy.com. And one more time, I want to make sure that I thank uh, Lindsay and Jonathan and the folks at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium for what they did to facilitate getting the interview getting a chance to meet jeff and uh, watching the show and actually gave us some tickets to give away and a gentleman named uh, max monroe and his wife also got a chance to see the show for free thanks to the folks at spartanburg memorial auditorium i'll just encourage you if you are in the upstate of south carolina or you are coming to the upstate of south carolina Check out their website, crowdpleaser.com, crowdpleaser.com, and you'll get a list of all of the events that are upcoming there. And they have the main area upstairs, and then they have the hall downstairs, which is where the Jeff Allen Show was, which was a really cool venue. On Facebook, just search Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium. And on Twitter, slash X, it is uh, at SMA Crowdpleaser. SMA Crowdpleaser. And again, the website, crowdpleaser.com. Okay, before we get out of here, just uh, a bit about some upcoming guests. Next week on the show, we're going to talk to a gentleman by the name of Jim Anthony, who is proving at age 80 that you can still impact the kingdom of God. At any stage of your life, this is a guy who has been in real estate development for a long, long time. And at one juncture in his life, Jim Anthony was worth about $400 million. And then the real estate debacle of 2007 and 2008 happened. And he lost about 99% of that value. But he did not lose his focus on Christ and what he has been doing for years and what he continues to do is not only serve people and communities the best that he can in doing things through his real estate development, but more importantly, serving people and communities for the kingdom of God. He is a highly entertaining guy. You're going to love this interview next week with Jim Anthony. After that, we have scheduled Will Graham, the grandson of Billy Graham, who, along with his father Franklin, is continuing to keep the Crusades alive by taking the gospel to all corners of the earth, working with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Will Graham will be a guest coming up in a couple of weeks. And then after that, we'll be visiting with a young man by the name of Shane Pruitt, who is a member of the North American Missions Board, he has a new study series out targeted for those who lead young people called Revival Generation, and I think you're really going to want to hear what he has to say about that. But there's also a personal side to Shane's story. A number of years ago, he and his wife adopted a special needs child by the name of Titus, child of another race, wheelchair-bound, couldn't speak, and if you follow him on social media, you you just began to understand what an incredible blessing and joy Titus brought to their lives. Unfortunately, a few months ago, Titus passed away. And Shane has been very, very open about sharing that grief and that journey, but also the blessing and that he knows he's going to see Titus again someday. And when he does see him again, he won't be restricted to a wheelchair and he won't be restricted by an inability to speak. Um, Shane Pruitt, I find myself worrying, and, and I'm just going to be very, very transparent with you here. I find myself worrying sometimes that when the people that I consider to be kind of the giants of the faith right now, and I'm talking, you know, David. Jeremiah and Tony Evans and Alistair Begg and and Greg Laurie and and so many others I could continue to name right on down the line. All of these men are in their 70s or older. David Jeremiah is in his 80s. John MacArthur in his 80s. When when these giants of the faith are gone, I find myself worrying about who is there to carry the mantle but God always has his man or his woman in place to do what he wants to do, and I really believe that Shane Pruitt is one of those people, and there are many, many more out there like him. He's just one that I have been following for quite a while now, and I've got a pretty good grasp, I believe, of who he is and what he believes and what he's all about. So he will be coming up In early February, we're doing the interview at the end of this month, but just wanted to give you a little bit of an idea of what's coming up over the next few weeks. And as we get into wrap up mode here, I will also remind you again that we need your support. We uh, have to pay for our uh, flagship station, the Life FM. We are uh, indebted to those of you who have helped keep this thing going for over a year. We want to continue to do god's will and i know that he is going to provide the resources for us to be able to do this but as i have said over the last few weeks if this show has blessed you in any way shape or form would you consider please making a gift one time or monthly to help support what we are doing not only to keep the show on the air and continue to grow it but also to help us start funding our core missions of uh, mentorship and helping children in our immediate community and beyond. Danscottshow.org, you can navigate to the Grand Slam Ministries page. There is a tab for you to donate there, and you can choose from a one-time donation or a monthly donation. You can use one of the uh, suggested giving amounts, or there is a blank bar at the bottom where you can put in a custom amount. And please don't think that any gift is too small because it's not. Danscottshow.org. We would love for you to become an invested partner in what we are doing here on this show and through our nonprofit Grand Slam Ministries. Thank you for tuning in today. We look forward to being back with you again, same time next week on all of our affiliates. Thank you all for continuing to tune in. We love you. Until next time, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you and so long, everybody.